Welcome back to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's deep dive podcast into genre television. I'm Josh Wiggler, your host here on Series Regular. For several weeks, this podcast was all in on one thing and one thing only, Game of Thrones. But for the past two weeks, we've spent some time in two other fictional worlds, The Handmaid's Tale and the dystopian nation of Gilead, as well as the zombie apocalypse featured in AMC's The Walking Dead franchise, based on Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adlard's comic book series of the same name. This week, we're sticking within the comic book space, while simultaneously expanding the amount of shows we've discussed here on Series Regular by a fair margin. Because in the era of peak TV, with somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 scripted original series and rising, a healthy chunk of that number belongs firmly to characters who boast powers and capes or otherwise hail from the paneled page. Today, on Series Regular, it is my job, nay, my responsibility, to deliver unto you the state of the superhero TV union. And by the state of the superhero TV union, I mean a fairly wide but still somewhat shallow dive into that side of the television pool because it would require a truly superhuman effort to account for all of it in immense detail. Seriously, the list of shows based on superhero and comic book properties that are either currently active or at least were active in 2019 prior to cancellation is, well, it is vast to put it lightly. I'm reminded of a certain evil organization's signature catchphrase. Cut off one head. Two more shall take its place. Hail Hydra. The ever-growing superhero and comic book TV landscape is shedding shows left and right. But to paraphrase what the dying Nazi-adjacent Thorin Oakenshield just said, where one head is removed, another grows. For example... Sci-Fi's Happy and Deadly Class both hail from books based on DC Comics and Image Comics, respectively. And while both were just canceled, Sci-Fi still has Superman origin story Krypton at its disposal. The current season sees Emmett J. Scanlon in the role of Lobo, the DC Universe's answer to Wolverine, Gene Simmons, and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Name's Lobo! Please stop, you're making me blush. There's a Lobo spinoff in the works at Sci-Fi, so here's hoping you like bounty hunters. Superman's friend and fellow son of Martha, Bruce Wayne, is undergoing some televised transformations of his own right now. Fox's Gotham is now gone, but there's more Gotham City in our small screen future, thanks to the CW launching Batwoman this fall, featuring Ruby Rose as Bruce's cousin Kate Kane as the new caped crusader. I'm not about to let a man take credit for a woman's work. Elsewhere in the Bat family, Epix is launching Pennyworth on July 18th, featuring Jack Bannon as Batman's butler Alfred long before he became Batman's butler. Who knows why that show needs to exist, but since it does, here's hoping it at least gives life to one of Michael Caine's great Alfred speeches from The Dark Knight. A long time ago, I was in Burma and my friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing 
but a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport, because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Looking back over at the CW side of DC's offerings, more changes afoot. Big ones, too, with the coming end of Arrow. The flagship show of the CW's DC Comics offering is set for one final season, debuting October 15th. If you're a lapsed fan like me and haven't been able to keep up with the staggering amount of CW superhero hijinks the network releases on a weekly basis, then perhaps this summer is the right time to at least try to catch up on Arrow so you can say a proper goodbye to Stephen Amell as Oliver Queen. And if you're not able to catch up in time, then come on, you don't need me to say the words, do you? You failed this city. You failed this city. You have 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 failed this city. Arrow isn't the only DC show ending in 2019. Indeed, one show both began and was ended in 2019, just in the last couple of weeks, in fact. And it's one that was already referenced on series regular earlier this month. Not so amazing? Swamp Thing has been canceled, as the kids say. But it's not an exaggeration. DC Universe literally canceled Swamp Thing after airing only one episode on the streaming service, a move that already followed a suddenly reduced episode order. What gives? Depends on who you ask, though by most accounts, it doesn't seem like it's a creative issue. In his review of the show, THR TV critic and TV's top five co-host Dan Feinberg, a great friend of series regular, described Swamp Thing as a quote-unquote above-average CW drama with some swearing, which I think is a pretty positive review, and it's one of the many mostly positive reviews from DC diehards and beyond. Could it be a DC Universe issue, given that Warner Media is preparing a new streaming service set to launch late in 2019? If so, is that bad news for some of the other shows on DC Universe, such as Doom Patrol and Titans? I wish I had the answer for you, but I don't. My advice, make sure you're reading Sidney Bucksbaum's weekly DC TV Watch column on The Hollywood Reporter, which features regular check-ins on the wide variety of DC shows on TV, whether that's on The CW, DC Universe proper, or beyond. You can check out the column at hollywoodreporter.com slash topic slash DC hyphen TV hyphen watch. I know that's a mouthful, but I promise you it's worth it. Let's move on from DC, but let's stick within the realm of streaming superheroics. To ease the transition... How about some groovy, purple-tinted noir jazz? Many of you are familiar with this little number. Composer Sean Callery's theme to Marvel's Jessica Jones, the part superhero, part detective drama that just wrapped its third and final season on Netflix. Starring Kristen Ritter as the titular hard-drinking and harder-hitting hero, Jessica Jones wrapped its run with a season once again focused on the relationship between a reluctant hero and her best friend, Trish Walker, played by Rachel Taylor, whose long-held desire to become a powerful hero takes both her and the series at large into some very dark places in season three. It was the most moronic plan I've ever heard. I have been tracking that asshole for weeks. Now he's gone. So maybe it is better if you just stay out of the way. 
Why, because you're a hero now? Yes. The world's moral compass who knows good from bad? Maybe. And now I am finally equipped to do something about it. No spoilers for me on exactly how Jessica Jones finishes up. But if you've seen the whole thing, you can read Liz Shannon Miller's interview with showrunner Melissa Rosenberg on THR right now. It's all about the ending, including Trish's turbulent quest to become a hero. Suffice to say, however Jessica Jones ends, it's the final note not just for that character, but for the whole Marvel Netflix experiment. In addition to Jessica Jones, Netflix has canceled all of its Marvel offerings. Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Punisher. It marks the end of an era, a partnership that was first announced all the way back in 2013, if you can believe it. It produced 13 seasons of television, all told. Will we see these characters again in some way, shape, or form? I would say yes. That's a pretty smart bet. Daredevil and Punisher especially are two of the more iconic Marvel characters, but in the exact way, shape, and form that we saw them on Netflix, I'm skeptical. As much as I'd love to see Ritter, Charlie Cox, Mike Coulter, and John Bernthal's tours of Marvel duty continue. For his part, Marvel TV head Jeff Loeb had previously made the following statement about the Marvel Netflix cancellation. Quote, On behalf of everyone at Marvel Television, we couldn't be more proud or more grateful to our audience. Our network partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. As Matthew Murdoch's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat, it's how he gets back up. To be continued. End quote. On the Marvel side of things, Marvel's live-action television offerings are still alive and well in other forms, including ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is currently on its sixth season and already somehow improbably renewed for a seventh season set to air next year. Gotta say pretty magical. There's also Cloak and Dagger on Freeform, Runaways on Hulu, and a few additional somethings heading to a brand new streaming giant premiering in November, Disney+. Plus. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is set to expand with a bunch of brand new shows designed specifically for the streaming service, centered on beloved characters from the MCU movies, starring the actors responsible for playing those roles. First release on the docket, though not yet dated, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan as best friends Sam and Bucky. I hate you. Okay, they don't always get along, but maybe Sam will be friendlier to Bucky now that he's the new cat. I'm not going to say it. Just in case you're the rare creature who has gotten this far into a one-off podcast about the state of superhero television as of June 2019 without yet having seen Avengers Endgame. I doubt you exist, but just in case, I'm looking out for you. Beyond Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus will have shows focusing on Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Surprise! Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, who is thrilled to have his sights set on something new. Be my genuine pleasure. And rounding out the impressive lineup is the awkwardly named WandaVision. I'm all about this being one big party as long as it lasts. Oops, that's the wrong Wanda. Let's try that again with a side order of stew. Is that paprikash? I thought it might... Lift your spirits. Spirits lifted. In my defense, I I haven't actually ever eaten anything before, so please. Starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as Scarlet Witch and The Vision, it's hard to say if WandaVision will be anything more than two heroes slaving over a hot stove together. It probably will be a lot more than that, but really, it's a hard one to predict, since Vision is 
really dead. Which I guess is an endgame spoiler, technically, even though Vision died in Infinity War, which was more than a year ago, so I don't really feel that bad about spoiling it. Regardless, Marvel mastermind Kevin Feige is at the forefront of all things Disney Plus and Marvel, promising that these Marvel shows are just as important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the movies themselves. Here's what he said about the shows thus far. Quote, These will be both new and continuing stories. These will be major storylines set in the MCU with ramifications that will be felt both through the other Disney Plus series we'll be producing and the future on the big screen. End quote. Sounds like if you're a big Marvel fan, you're going to want to shell out Disney Plus's monthly $7 entry fee, which buys you not only access to the new Marvel shows as they arrive, but also the Marvel Studios catalog, as well as other promising new shows like The Mandalorian, which is set in the Star Wars universe and centers on a bounty hunter played by Pedro Pascal, a.k.a. the Red Viper from Game of Thrones, a.k.a. the screaming guy featured in this clip. Perhaps you're not a Marvel Cinematic Universe completist, or perhaps you are, but for whatever reason, you're looking at Disney Plus and you're thinking, forget it, I, I don't need this. If that's you, then you can always turn to a different Marvel show, one that is also coming in for a landing, albeit a fully planned conclusion this month. Legion, the FX drama from Fargo guru Noah Hawley, starring Dan Stevens as world-class telepath David Haller, as well as Aubrey Plaza as world-class weirdo Lenny Busker. Look, I don't um, care what you do with it. I'm just trying to trade a kitchen range for some drugs. That's all. Legion firmly falls under the category of very much not for everyone featuring some of the most surreal sequences in recent television memory, let alone the superhero television space. Speaking recently with me on THR, Hawley said that he was recently chatting with Marvel's Kevin Feige. What about? One can only wonder. And that he views his work on Legion almost as Marvel R&D. And what he means by that is that he's interested in exploring what the genre can get away with. Music numbers, dance numbers, and the like. And the answer to that experiment? It depends entirely on your reaction to the material. For me, I've seen a good amount of the final season already, and for my sensibilities, which are weird sensibilities, I admit, I'd say it's working pretty well. But this is a classic case of YMMV, and I cannot speak to your mileage when it comes to Legion. But if you're a fan or if you want to check it out, the final season premiere bows June 24th on FX. TikTok and birdie, birdie. I'm the magic man. Even as Legion leaves, FX isn't stepping out of the comic book space quite yet with an adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera's seminal Vertigo comic series, Why the Last Man, currently in development. The show is solely called Why, and it takes place in a world where all male mammals die in a single mysterious incident, all of them save for two, a man named Yorick Brown and his pet monkey Ampersand. Why has experienced a long journey toward the screen, including multiple failed film adaptation attempts, and most recently a behind-the-scenes changing of the guard on the showrunner front. Eliza Clark has been tapped to replace the outgoing Ada Kroll and Michael Green as showrunner. The cast includes Diane Lane, as well as Lashana Lynch, most recently of Captain Marvel fame. This is one of my all-time favorite comic book series, and I don't want to say too much about the storyline, but to say that I'm excited is an understatement. And whenever Y arrives, we will be talking about it in great detail here on Series Regular. If you're not particularly into comic books themselves, but you like the movies and shows that they inspire... Please do yourself a favor and give Why a shot at the very least. It's a very agreeable gateway into the medium. Why the Last Man is just one of the many comic book adaptations on the horizon, with others including Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez's epic series Lock and Key finally 
finally heading our way, this time courtesy of Netflix and Carlton Cuse. Another great example of a comic book everyone should read. Cuse's former co-conspirator on Lost, Damon Lindelof, is of course behind the wheel on Watchmen, inspired by but not outright based on the iconic graphic novel from Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, heading to HBO at some point in the fall. And somehow, even after touching on all of those different shows, I still feel like we're barely even scratching the surface of what's out there now and what's still to come when it comes to the state of the superhero TV union. But all the same, that's all I've got. As always, thank you for listening to Series Regular, the Hollywood Reporter's deep dive podcast into genre television. Contact us at seriesregular at thr.com if you have suggestions for what we should be covering on the podcast and any other form of feedback. You can also reach out to me directly on Twitter at Round Howard. Subscribe to Series Regular on your podcast platform of choice to make sure you never miss an episode. We'll be back soon with another all new edition of the podcast. Until then, take care. And for those of you with capes, fly safe. Thank you.